Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with The Taxi Centre. Listen anytime, wherever you get your podcasts. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 so four days into 2022 and it's a done deal. A happy new year already for 20-year-old Scotland defender Nathan Patterson who in the last couple of hours swapped Rangers for Everton in a record-breaking transfer. Whether the package totals 14 million or 16 million depending on which media outlet you are monitoring with a down payment of 10 or 12 it certainly outstrips the 9 million pounds that Tottenham paid Rangers 13 years ago it was, can you believe that, for Alan Hutton. Uh, so he's the either a 14 or £16 million pound man with all the add-ons calculated, uh, Stephen Cragen. Uh, the deal is done. We've been talking about it for ages and it's gone through. Well, you can't help but think it's a terrific deal, first of all, for Rangers. Uh, I think it's a deal that suits both parties because trying to dislodge James Tavernier as the right-back at Rangers may have taken Nathan Patterson another year or 18 months I think that's mainly due to the form and the assists and the goals and the influence that James Tavernier has on the team. Does he have a better chance of going to Everton and dislodging Seamus Coleman? I think he does. So he wins because he gets a chance to play in the Premier League. Rangers win because they get a big fee and Nathan Patterson makes lots of money. James Tavernier's got a mention already. I wonder if he's going to get another mention. I wonder if he's going to be in your team of the season so far. We're just four days into 2022. Uh, you went on the show last week. Uh, we got a few of the guys to pick their selection of the, the top players so far. We will find out. We'll find out in the next little while whether uh, James Tavernier could be in it. Uh, and who else? One or two surprises maybe from Crags in the course of the next hour on the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. And the other big story today, Nathan Patterson's transfer to Everton has gone through. Uh, the other big headline in Scottish football is that the new manager of Kilmarnock is Derek McInnes. Yeah, you know, uh, having worked with Derek in the last six months in the media, I know he was really keen to get back into management. Uh, there was many people thought there were opportunities would arrive in England. I think some opportunities had. He'd spoke to clubs, nothing really floated his boat. And sometimes as a manager, the longer it goes when you're out of work, you know, you're waiting for something to come up that's maybe not going to come up. And, and Kilmarnock is a, a club who shouldn't be, first of all, in the championship. And I think there's great potential to improve Kilmarnock, bring them up this year, come into the premiership, bring them back to life. Uh, and Derek's looked at it and thought, it's a project that he can go in there. Listen, Derek's a good manager. I'm, I'm just really surprised that no one else has put something in front of him. You know, I, I think, unfortunately, at times he was labelled with a team who weren't very entertaining, didn't score a lot of goals. But if you check back an Aberdeen under his stewardship, mm. you know, regularly they were up in the out with the top two or top of it was Celtic when Rangers weren't in the league. They scored plenty of goals. You know, they were regular good goal scorers. They kept clean sheets and maybe at times he was a bit reserved at times, but you know, I, I think he was unfairly labelled with a, a manager who doesn't play good football. 
you know, there's a difference between winning football and good football and sometimes it's about getting the balance right um, but first of all it's great to see him back in the game it really is you know we shouldn't be having a manager like Derek McInnes who's done well over the years it's probably a bigger risk for Derek going to Kilmarnock than it is for Kilmarnock taking him on board but he's went back there to reinvent himself to bring himself back to life put him back in the eyes in front of the eyes of, of other clubs but uh, I think he'll do a good job yeah, like you, uh, I think it's really good news for Kilmarnock. I think that is uh, a top quality replacement for, for Tommy Wright. Um, I think I'm right in saying they're five points behind our broth at the moment, but they've got a game in Given hand. hand yeah. So, uh, theoretically, they're they're not far off it at all. There's plenty of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Tony Doherty will be going in alongside uh, uh, Derek McInnes at Rugby Park. And, uh, well, it's, it's, a, it's a hit the ground running job. It has to be uh, mm. for Killy because they certainly, from a financial point of view, they want to be bouncing straight back to the top flight. Yeah, well, they need to be. But the one thing you get, you know, you look at Kilmarnock managers over the years. Billy Bowie backs his managers, Rob. He gives them money to go and invest. I mean, Tommy Wright probably bought in 16, 17 players in the summer. And when you bring that in that number of players, they don't all work. So Derek McInnes, no doubt, will have ideas in his mind of what he wants, what he needs players he's worked with in the past who might think could, you know, could come and do a good job for him even just for six months to get or five months even just to get Kilmarnock promoted but it was interesting you, you know you always read social media for the reaction of people that I think Derek McInnes's record as Aberdeen manager at Kilmarnock at Rugby Park I don't think he'd lost and if he had it it was only once in right. seven years mm-hmm. so they're saying if that's anything to go by Derek McInnes's record at Rugby Park is good <laughs> so they should continue on but you think Kilmarnock have lost at home to Partick Thistle this year who are a rival they lost at home to Wraith Rovers who are a rival they lost at home to Inverness who are a rival and they lost at home to Arbroath who are also a rival in the, you know, the top five because it's now two leagues isn't it it's a top five and a bottom five effectively pushing for the title so if he can get their home form right start winning big games again then there's no reason why Kilmarnock can't go up sometimes a new manager coming in just brings people to life it takes them out of the comfort zone you only have to look at Giovanni Van Bronckhorst at Rangers okay they were doing well but you know they've seen they've gone to another level again uh, Sean Maloney got a reaction of his players won two games out of two so there's no doubt Derek will back himself Derek's an experienced manager who knows how to deal with players and even just speaking to him over that period that he was out you know on different occasions he started to see things slightly differently he was doing a lot of reading about uh, how managers work different theories he said he was looking at just different ways of doing things and sometimes you do that when you're involved in football and in a job you don't get a chance to study other things or look at other things because you're so engrossed in trying to get that next victory or pick that next team whereas I think now he's came away from it he's had a look around he's visited some clubs he spoke to people I think his batteries are recharged. He's fresh and ready to go. And I think that can only be good news for Kilmarnock. He's been out of work for nine months. Yeah. Uh, left Aberdeen in March. And probably if you mentioned Kilmarnock to him in March, he would have that wouldn't have tick, no. ticked his box or floated his boat or whatever phrase you want to use for it. But time changes things. Um, and from a positive point of view, you do look, about, look at this as a big opportunity to get Kilmarnock. They are a big club. They've got potentially a really big support as well. So if he can get the job done and be it automatic promotion or via the playoffs, get them back into the Premiership, then you would imagine Billy Bowie will back him yep. to to make darn sure that the relegation spectre doesn't loom over Rugby Park again. Yeah, well, he would back him financially uh, with regards to bringing players in, but he would also back him financially by giving them a good contract. That's mm. the one thing Billy Bowie does. He backs his managers on the pitch and off the pitch. If you do well for him, he seems the kind of guy that will go and reward managers. Um, and Derek will back himself. Derek will look at that job and think, that's a, a club in what, fourth place? I think they are fourth or fifth place. Yeah. I think they're fourth, Party Thistle fifth. They're in fourth place and he's thinking, they shouldn't be there. 
So if you back yourself as a manager, you trust your judgment, you know how well you can deal with players, how you can get the best out of players. And that's all it will be at this moment in time, is just trying to give players that little bit of belief and confidence, trying to improve them by 10, 15% individually, trying to improve the team then 10, 15, 20% as a group. And suddenly then things can turn very quickly in football because they're the big fish in that league, no doubt about it. Partick Thistle, a well-supported club, Inverness a little bit smaller, Art Broth, uh, Dunfermline who are struggling in the bottom half. So you look at the top five teams going for it, Kilmarnock are the biggest out of those top five teams. So there's no reason why Derek can't go in, bring in a few recruits just to try and freshen them up. I think they probably need a little bit of pace, a little bit of creativity in their team. You know, Stephen McGinn's playing in midfield, getting on a little bit. Chris Burke, 38, hasn't played as much as what he would like. So I think a few little adjustments here mm. and there just add to it. And you always think with a manager coming in, do you go back to your former club? Do you go back to players who have worked under you, know what you know, you're all about, you know what they're all about? So I can imagine there'd be a few Aberdeen players mm-hmm. maybe thinking, well, I'm not playing. I wouldn't mind maybe getting a loan move or getting a little move to try and reinvigorate me again. But certainly, you know, I think Derek McInnes, I would be very surprised at the end of the season if Kilmarnock don't get promoted. You're right, uh, they are fourth place, just looking at the table there, uh, 38. We'll talk about, uh, if we have time, to, uh, manager of the season so far, as well as team of the season so far. And I guess Dick Campbell's got to be a contender for that. It's a remarkable job he's done with the part-timers at Gayfield. Uh, they lead uh, still the championship by three points ahead of Inverness. Then it's Wraith Rovers, as you said. Then it's Kilmarnock and uh, Partick Thistle. They look to be the five teams, barring something shocking, that will be uh, competing for both the uh, Automatic promotion slot and the playoff places. Uh, other things we'll be talking about in the next hour include uh, the availability again of Kyle Lafferty. Uh, he's a short corner, left another club, uh, his Cypriot employers. This time he's back on the market again. Uh, he guarantees goals, doesn't he? So we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about St Johnston's signing of uh, Tony Gallagher, uh, who has been released effectively by, by Liverpool. So he was good enough at one stage to sign uh, at Anfield, but he's back in Scottish football with St Johnston as Callum Davidson looks to plot a way uh, out of uh, relegation for St Johnston. Uh, Harry Clark, Craig's has seen a fair bit of him this season, um, on loan from Arsenal at Ross County. Looks like he's going to be on loan from Arsenal at Hibs in the second half of the season. That's the way that one's shaping. Get your thoughts on Tony Watt as well, swapping Motherwell for Dundee United. It's a pre-contract at the moment but uh, you would imagine there'll be a bit of pressure to get that one through as a a deal in January could Lee Griffiths be back at Celtic Uh, could Dundee trigger the clause in that deal that uh, sends him back to his parent club Uh, a push for bigger than 500 crowds when Scottish football resumes if indeed the the restrictions are still in place and I guess that is a pretty strong likelihood at the moment Um, and talking about Hibbs and Harry Clark um, they've confirmed uh, the Easter Road team that they're interested in Ewan Henderson of Celtic Um, so that is a deal that might go through in the coming days and weeks as well but uh, back to the story of uh, Nathan Patterson right at the top of the show he's completed his move from Rangers to Everton if you listen to Sky Sports the deal is worth £16 million he signed a five and a half year contract at Goodison and becomes the club's second signing of the January transfer window after uh, defender Vitali Mikolenko uh, arrived from Dynamo Kiev Uh, Rangers had rejected two bids from Everton in the summer insisting that their evaluation hadn't been met uh, for Nathan, who's an academy graduate, made his uh, Rangers debut January 
2020. But Rafa Benitez came in again with a third bid uh, for Nathan Patterson, and that uh, this time has gone through. He's been speaking to Everton TV, Nathan Patterson. He said, I'm over the moon to sign and looking forward to getting started. Um, and he's actually issued a, a statement of his own on, on Instagram. Here it is. It's hard to put into words what Rangers Football Club means to me, uh, but I'll try. The day I made my debut was the best day of my life. Uh, the day we won number 55, title number 55, will live with me forever. It took a lot of hard work and dedication uh, to make it this far, and I hope every Rangers supporter knows I gave absolutely everything for the club uh, for the past 13 years. <laughs> it's incredible he's been part of Rangers for 13 years. I'm one of you, he says to the Rangers fans, a supporter who was lucky enough to play for the club they love. Thank yous to his family, also to Stephen Gerrard, Stevie Clark at Scotland and all the uh, coaches uh, involved as well as he has uh, made rapid Progress, not with a lot of Rangers appearances, no. you'd have to say, but six Scotland caps already. Uh, just the 15 starts for Rangers mm. uh, in the time he's been uh, around the team. Uh, six appearances this season. Uh, and as you said, uh, you know, he finds himself uh, potentially being kept out of the team uh, as he was at Rangers by the captain at yeah. Everton and yeah. Seamus Coleman in, in this case, who's 33. But but maybe a better chance of getting in the team here, Crags, because Everton at the moment are losing more than they're yeah. winning and the opposite applied at Rangers. Yeah, it's I'm sure it's something that he, that he was uh, dwelling over for quite a long time of do you move on, do you stay? And I have no doubt that Nathan Patterson within the next 12 to 18 months could get up to the figures or the numbers that the players talk about these days of what James Tavernier was delivering season on season. But the risk for Rangers was bringing him in now and, and losing what James Tavernier brings. Because short-term, Rangers need to win the title to get automatic entry into the Champions League in the summer. That will have had a big bearing on Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. And I'm sure Stephen Gerrard not putting Nathan Patterson in because he's a project that, you know, his form may fluctuated. You know, Tavernier up, I think, to this season, or sorry, at this moment, four goals and ten assists. Now, that's good for a fullback. Mm. Could Nathan Patterson reach that? Eventually he could, but he would have to play you know quite a number of games until he gets his consistency and get to that. So Rangers would be losing something from their team, Rob, if they decided to put young Nathan Patterson in just now. Um, you know, as I said, short term because of the financial rewards of getting into the Champions League, it's absolutely huge for them. So they can't afford to take any risk. They need to make sure they have their best available squad there. So are Rangers weakening what they have by selling Nathan Patterson for that money? No, they're not. They have a squad player, a fringe player, a player with potential. And that's what Everton are banned, potential to go there. Plus it means in this window they can hold on to other assets. Glenn Kamara, Joe Rebo, Connor Goldson, maybe if somebody came in with the bid. Yanis Hadji, if someone wanted to come in, Ryan Kent. They can keep hold of these players now. They don't have to sell them on. So it's a win-win for Rangers. Plus it sends out a good message to their academy. You're yeah. talking to young academy players now. You're saying, look what Nathan Patterson can do. But for the investment that Rangers have and Celtic have in their academies, and Celtic have done it probably better than Rangers over the years, this can't be a one-off for the Rangers academy. The money they invest every year at uh, at the training centre, at the Rangers training centre, they need every two or three years to have yeah. at least one player that they can go and sell for big money. Plus they need to try and fill their 18, 20-man squad on a match day full of academy players. Like Celtic have probably done a little bit better when you look at Welsh and Ralston. 
uh, Aidan McGeady, even the far away back, James Forrest, Callum McGregor. You know, these guys have been there for quite a while. So this is what Rangers now will have to aspire to get to. Getting that 12, 14, 16 million pound transfer free can't be just a case of let's take a foot off the gas, go and drive that home to the other young players and try and push them on to be the next Nathan Patterson. Does that change things uh, significantly for Rangers, do you think, in this transfer window? And just generally, financially, the fact that they've brought in this, well, I think the down payment is 10 or 12 yeah. million. So they get they get that money immediately. Uh, we're just hearing, we were just hearing as we came on air, uh, a suggestion that Watford's interest uh, in Borna Barisic had uh, evaporated. There was talk of a £2 million mm. deal plus add-ons for him. It did look in the summer as if he might be uh, departing Rangers. He's still there. But does the money they get in for Nathan Patterson change things for Rangers as to how they operate financially going into this window? Well, uh, maybe not hugely. And I'll tell you why, Rob, because normally if you're selling a player, like this, Nathan Patterson is now the most expensive uh, fee Rangers have ever received for a player. And normally you'd think if that was going to be the case, that the player you're selling would be on a big salary you know, it would be on, say, I don't know, 30k a week for talk's sake. I mean, that's only a figure. I don't know. I have no idea what players are on. I'm just trying to throw it out there mm. when you hear what people talk about. So you think, right, okay, we can sell the player for 12 million. We get 30k of his of his wages back. Mm-hmm. We get that back a week. But Nathan Patterson won't be on anywhere near 30k. No. You know, so suddenly Rangers are having to go and play with maybe, I don't know, between five and 10 grand a week. That's just, again, I'm figuring I'm plucking out of the air. I have no idea. You're not going to get a top international quality player for between five and ten thousand pounds a week. I wouldn't have thought. Mm. So the downside is, is they're not getting, they're not recouping that big mm. salary. They're getting a big um, transfer fee for him. So I'd imagine that that Giovanni van Bronckhorst will have had two or three uh, players in his mind of what he's looking for. I think he probably needs an out and out right winger, similar to Ryan Kent on the right hand side. He might need uh, a full back as cover. He might need. Well, he might look to bring in a centre-half who can play centre-half or full-back mm-hmm. just because there's been a few injuries in that area. Balogun coming back, Hollander coming back. So I don't think it will have dramatically changed. It will certainly have helped the finances of the club, no doubt about it, because you know we spoke that, you know, quite a while ago that Stuart Robertson was continually saying player trading, player mm-hmm. trading is huge for the football club. That's what they have to do. And he, again, he's reiterated that today with a statement or a, a, some quotes that said this is a start, this is something we will look to do on a regular basis. So it will certainly help when you looked at the Rangers' financials about three, four months ago, it will certainly help on that front. But it's something they will want to continue to try and do once a year. I'd imagine every second transfer window, try and get that kind of fee in just to balance the books, allow them to move forward. And there's no doubt that all eyes, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, the Champions League money could be a huge relief for Rangers or Celtic Rob, bringing in 30 and between 30 and 50 million if you go again by, by different media outlets. So that will be their aim now is we've got that short-term money in, for a player, now everything has got to be geared towards winning the league. So it may just mean, or it can maybe allow them to go and have a little gamble on a player or two that maybe they hadn't budgeted for. It's going to be interesting to see what uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst does in the transfer window. You'd imagine he's got a long list of talent in the, the Netherlands that he knows all about. Uh, and maybe that's how he's going to uh, t- tackle the cover for James Tavernier. Maybe it's going to be a young defender from uh, the Netherlands that he chooses to bring in. But it's going to be fascinating as ever during the the transfer window. We're only four days in, but that uh, big transfer deal has gone through in the course of this afternoon. Nathan Patterson to Everton. And on the day that Kilmarnock landed a replacement, finally for Tommy Wright as well, uh, the championship promotion chasers have landed. Derek McInnes. 
The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Tuesday's Go Radio Football Show. It is Tuesday. Cranks, I'm pretty sure it's Tuesday, is it? <laughs> I We've lost all yeah. track as you do at this time of year. It is the 4th of January. Good to have you with us on the show with the Taxi Centre. And a couple of big stories have broken in the course of uh, this afternoon. In fact, really in the last couple of hours uh, before we came on air, uh, the confirmation that that Nathan Patterson transfer uh, from Rangers to Everton had gone through. And uh, depending on uh, which sources you believe it's about 10 or 12 million down payment plus 4 million in add-ons and uh, he will now be competing uh, with the skipper as he was at Rangers this time it's Seamus Coleman at Everton trying to get that right back berth and the way things are going for Rafa Benitez at Goodison it might not take too long to dislodge him and get into that team and Stevie Clark will be one who's hoping that he gets more top team action with uh, Scotland's big playoff match coming up in March uh, and he will be uh, hoping Craggs that uh, that Patterson sees more game time of course he will you know because as a, an international manager you want your players playing at the top of their game playing every week so that when they arrive for camps for you and there's huge games coming up against the likes of Ukraine uh, and potentially Wales or Austria after that then you want your best players playing you want competition for places Stephen O'Donnell's playing at Motherwell Tony Ralston has been in and out at Celtic after his injury so he wants issues and problems who he's going to pick he needs players at the top of the game and you know playing in the Premier League would only do Nathan Patterson the world of good so listen the deal's done everything's been gone on you know we spoke about his potential the challenge for him is to go and impose himself at effort and really go and show what he can do when chances come along go and get after games go and show what he can do you know they bought him for a reason because they think he's a good player so he has to go and deliver that and try and kick it on so it's an exciting time you know you look at the number of Scottish players based now in the Premier League in England you know, that's just mm. further enhancing the quality, the optimism, the expectation, the hype around Scotland. It's getting bigger and bigger. What, six wins in a row never happened before? Is that right for the national team? Yeah. So, you know, they're in a really good place. And the more players that uh, Steve Clark can get pushing towards the top end of the game, pushing towards the Premier League, whether it's Ryan Christie getting promotion with Bo- uh, Bournemouth, whether it's Nathan Patterson moving to the Premier League, whether it's Andy Robertson maintaining his level, uh, as, as well as Kieran Tierney, who was excellent at the weekend. Uh, against Manchester City then you think yeah Scotland's got a real chance come those games in March but you know it's a fully fit squad you're looking for the other big story that's broken in the last uh, little while we've spoken about it already uh, but just in case you weren't with us at the top of the show Derek McInnes is the new manager of Kilmarnock looking to uh, get the Ayrshire team out of the championship and back into the, the premiership and it's one of those stories that you, that just sinks in uh, because it was just confirmed a matter of minutes before we came on air the more I think about it Craigs the more I think that's a real statement of intent uh, mm. Derek won't have come cheaply no. for them they'll, they'll have made an investment it's an 18 month deal initially you would imagine there's an option to extend that if he can uh, do what he's there to do and that's win promotion for Kilmarnock um, but he, he's operated at a pretty good level Derek McInnes and you know, it does feel as if Kilmarnock are making a big statement today It just feels right for some reason I mean it will be strange seeing Derek McInnes standing there at Palmerston I think they're away to Queen of the South in their yeah. first game with his Kilmarnock tracks it on mm-hmm. you know it, it's, I always just think it takes a little while 
to adjust to see a manager standing in a tracksuit you never thought that would will be, it be the a tracksuit or will it be an Armani coat? Well, well, well I'm sure he's been well remunerated at Aberdeen. <laughs> he may well have an Armani coat. Certainly, his game when he turned up working the TV role, he always looked very smart and he always yeah. drove big motors, so he was getting uh, well paid somewhere. <laughs> but you know, over the last nine months, Derek's probably felt a little bit not unfortunate, probably a little bit frustrated that people haven't came. Certain yeah, clubs I mean, you, you mentioned you mentioned Hibbs early yeah. on, and, and and I have to say, when the when the Hibbs job fell vacant, he was the first name that came to my mind, mm. and and he didn't really seem to be quoted. No. He wasn't in the conversation, was he? No, he wasn't. And some of the quotes attributed to Ben Kensel, you know, talking about not talking about Derek, just talking in general about we want a manager who who plays attacking football and and you know all this kind of stuff. Ultimately, you need a manager who wins your games. You know, first of all, get your team winning games and then you can adapt and change your style and move as you go along. So um, anyway, that was just a throwaway comment about Ben Kensel. But, you know, over that period of Derek McKenna sitting in his house and thinking, when's my phone ringing? When's the club coming? Probably a little bit frustrated. So he'll begin into this job wanting to prove a lot of people wrong. Wanting to prove people that he can still manage. He's mm-hmm. still got what it takes. He's only 50 years of age. He's very mm-hmm. young in managerial terms. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, you, you mentioned Dick Campbell earlier on. I listened to some interviews Dick Campbell done last week with different media outlets and he was saying... He's as good a manager as he's ever been. Mm-hmm. You get better as you get older. You see things better. You take a back, back step as opposed to wanting to be at the forefront of everything. You take a step back. You view things differently. You see things. And that's why I mentioned earlier <clears throat> about Derek being out of the game for such as, you know, what, nine months you said. Mm. He'll probably come back. Not a different manager, but he'll maybe just have a different outlook on things, Rob. You know, so it, it just it's all, a, it's all a learning curve and experience. But I would imagine he'll be desperate to get back on the training pitch and show people that he still is a good manager, which again, bouncing back, you know, makes it a clever appointment by Billy Bowie. We've touched on uh, Dick Campbell a couple of times already. Is he the manager of the season so far? Mm. If you went through all the leagues, who would be who would be your pick at this stage? Well, you know, everybody sitting top of the league, you can always go. Kevin Thompson in his first job at Kelty Hearts has done really well. People speak about budgets, but, you know, having a good budget doesn't guarantee you success. You still have to go in and manage and pick the right players and get your tactics right. So I think it's very unfair to label that towards Kevin. So he's done well in his first job. Paul Hartley, you know, top of League One, looking like they will eventually go up. You know, they have big ambitions at Cove. Probably the four I would look at would be Ange Postacoglu, Robbie Nielsen, Graham Alexander and Dick Campbell. That's the four for different reasons. You know, Ange gets the plaudits and the highlights because he's managing Celtic. They've won a trophy. Um, people say he took over a really poor team and squad in the summer. He did. But you have to remember, it was still full of international players. He's had £20 million plus to go and bring players in. But, you know, it, it, again, doesn't guarantee anything. But the style of play, the improvement, no doubt about it. He's certainly a candidate. Robbie Nielsen, you know, you think this time last year, Hearts fans were unhappy with the style of play. Some are asking him for to leave his post. He wasn't the man. Let's get promoted and let's move him on. I think Robbie's evolved even as a manager. I think he's more aggressive in his team selections. He sends his team out and goes attacking, whereas maybe in his younger days he was a bit more reserved, a bit more conservative in his team selection, but he certainly changed his mindset on that. Hearts are a good watch. Graham Alexander's the one for me because, you know, where where did you expect Graham to be? Where did you expect Motherwell to be at this stage of the season? Probably bottom half. Mm-hmm. You know, I certainly watched him pre-season. I thought if they can stay above relegation and, and, and you know consolidate and, and get, stay away from trouble, they'll be doing okay. So he's massively overachieved. And when you look at the you kind of market he's shopping in, you know he's been to Shrewsbury for a player, he's been to uh, Tranmere for a player, he's been to Scunthorpe, he's been to Queen of the South for players. Mm-hmm. You know he's he's lost his top goal scorer in Devante Cole in the summer. He's probably going to lose twenty what now in January. So I just think Graham's overachieved for what mm-hmm. people expect. I'm just looking at the table, Craig's uh, backing up what you're saying. Motherwell played 20 games, 31 points, uh, one nine drawn four, lost seven. And the teams below them, Hibs, Aberdeen, 
Dundee United and then further down obviously to the likes of Dundee and St Johnston St uh, Mirren, you know, I think Jim Goodwin said at the start of the season St Mirren's budget Simmer. is as big as it's ever been in the top right. flight yeah you know, so mm. with that comes the expectation of getting yourself up there. And it's not no doubt that Graham Alexander's budget is probably as competitive as, as it's been for a while for Motherwell, but it certainly wouldn't be a top four budget. You know, so then people talk about what's the criteria, overachieving. People say, oh, well, Celtic have won a trophy, but Callum Davidson won two trophies last year and didn't get any of the Manager of the Year awards. Yeah. Didn't get the P, didn't get the, uh, the, the PFA or didn't get the sports writers. You know, so I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not belittling Ange Postacoglu, of course I'm not, but I'm just trying to give a different perspective mm-hmm. off a way of looking where you pick a manager of the year. And if people think it's a little bit biased towards Motherwell because they used to play there, then absolutely it is. <laughs> I'm <laughs> and not you gonna, can come to the point I'm eventually. Gonna, I'm not going to disappoint them. No, no, but, no know, absolutely. So there's different ways of looking at a, a, you know, a manager and how they're doing. I mean, where do people expect Celtic to be at this stage of the season? First or second. Yeah. So so that's where they should be and that's where they are. I just think Mother will have punched above their weight. Can they maintain it? I mean, seven wins out of ten at home at Fir Park. You, mm. you always talk about clubs wanting their, their home ground to be a fortress. Well, Graham Alexander's made that. I'm not saying they're the best team in the world to watch, but with the, the budget he has and the resources he has, I just think he's done very, very well. You mentioned Tony Watt there. Uh, the Motherwell fans will be looking at that league table at the moment and saying he's taken a step back, he's taken a step down. Uh, Tony won't see it that way. He's obviously um, been banging on the door looking for a Scotland squad call-up. He can't have been too far away. I think he's the top goal scorer in the Premiership at the moment. Um, surprised at all about that move to Tannadice? Well, which is obviously at the end of the season, but probably yeah. you would imagine will happen in the course of this month. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I imagine this month it will depend on what Dundee United come to offer. You know, I know there's been a talk of uh, trying to buy him. I don't imagine Dundee United will have the money that Mother would accept. They've been talking about a, a, a player, a player plus cash. And I can't imagine that Dundee United would want to get rid of any of their players who are in their first 15 or 16. Mm. So if you're a squad player at Dundee United, you're not going to move to a team who are three places above you in the league and play. So unless they give up, you know, like Fuchs or Charlie Mulgrew, for example, uh, you know, one of their better players, because Tony Watt's probably been Mother's best player. I don't imagine Dundee United are going to give up their best player to take Motherwell's best player. So no. I can't imagine the player swap thing would work. I, I, you know, so how Dundee United then work it out numerically, I don't know. But uh, I'm a surprise Tony's going to Dundee United. It depends what kind of deal he's been offered. And I'm not even just talking finance, I'm talking longevity. Mm-hmm. You know, if Motherwell have offered him a two-year deal and Dundee United have offered him a three-year deal, I can understand a player wanting to go and take another year. Uh, it just means an extra bit of travel from where Tony lives up to St Andrews you know you can spend four or five hours in the car every day um, listen it's something he obviously wanted to do you know he, he feels as if he's in the peak of his form it, this could be his last long contract you get the 31-32 you're not getting a two or three year deal mm. so he's maybe just thinking it suits me um, I'm a disappointed yeah because he was doing well for Motherwell but Motherwell over the years have lost players you have lost David Turnbull and even years ago when I started playing James McFadden he lost players they always find a way of replacing they lost to Van de Cole in the summer so that's their business model bring them in make them better make them feel at home if they want to stay they stay if they don't they move on and, and as a football club it's not a shock to Motherwell that's what's always happened probably disappointed that he isn't going to see the season out I'd be very surprised if he does he's in the form of his life um, but good luck to him strikes me that uh, a bit like Danny McInnes it's, it, it's, it's a it, that one seems to me to be better for Kilmarnock than it is for Derek McInnes, um, but they could prove to be uh, a marriage made in heaven on both on both sides of that one. And it strikes me that that's probably a better uh, deal for Dundee United than it is for Tony Watt because they need somebody who guarantees goals. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, the way he's been going with Motherwell, he does yeah. guarantee goals. Well, it, it, it has this season. But if you check Tony's past, 
and I'm not looking back, but you know, he hasn't always been a regular goal scorer. He hasn't always, I think it's just, I said it previously, this is the first season where he's getting the double figures mm. as a player. He's 27. So maybe he's just found out, he's found out what it takes, what it needs, where he has to be. He's maybe realised in his head or the penny's dropped or Graham Alexander has spoke to him about it. Whatever way it's worked, it's worked this season for him. So whatever he's done up to this point this season, he has to continue when he goes to Dundee United, whether it's now or whether it's next season, he has to continually put himself in the areas of the pitch that he's been putting himself in. The centre-forwards want to do all their work outside the box. You know, but Tony Watwell has now realised, actually, you could probably get more return. If you work inside the box, you work between the width of the goals, you have more shots from distance as opposed to always trying to pass it on to other people. So, um, he's done very well, no doubt about it. He's been excellent. He's been good for Motherwell, but Motherwell's been good for him. Yeah. You know, Stephen brought him in at a time when he wasn't really playing anywhere. He got him going. Graham Alexander, you know, has improved him even further on again. The fact that he's been linked with Scotland, of course, it's down to Tony, but it's down to a club like Motherwell giving you the environment to go and excel. And that's something they've done over the years. And if Tony moves on, they'll have another one coming through, or they'll go and bring someone else in, and you'll just do the same again. Let's get the first chunk of your team of the season so far and uh, we, I don't think we probably need to talk too much about goalkeeper, I would imagine. Craig Gordon? <laughs> That's probably enough, Craig isn't Gordon, it? Yeah, but you think it's Scottish football blessed with good goalkeepers at the minute. Yeah. When you think of Joe Hart and Alan McGregor, Xander Clark, Liam Kelly, mm-hmm. Benjamin Segrist, mm-hmm. you know, St Mern fans will say Jack Anik. You know, so I, I think goalkeeping, uh, goalkeepers in Scotland is probably as strong as it could be. But he's head and shoulders, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. You know, just he's... You know, what is he now? Thirty-eight. He turned 30, 39. He was thirty-nine. Thirty-nine on Albany, yeah. You know, and he signed a two and a half year deal. That tells you what Robbie Nielsen and, and Hearts think of him. Mm-hmm. That he, you know, some of his saves he's made. I don't know how many times I've watched games. I mean, two, certainly one springs to mind against Dundee United. At Tancastle, he had one had a double save, I think, against Livingston. Uh, Tony Macaroni saves for Scotland. So you know, without being unfair on on Joe Hart and and uh, Alan McGregor, because everybody always looks towards the big two. He's probably had. He's probably been busier. He's had more saves to make, yeah. but he is absolutely on top of his game. They've got 36 points. I just wonder what the points total would be without, without him. him. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and, that, and that's the definition that's of, the definition. of a, a goalkeeper who is as valuable yeah. as a top striker to, who guarantees goals. So in front of, you're going with the back four. Who are the four um, in front of Craig Gordon? G- I'm going with James Tavernier. I, I just can't look beyond him. Tony Ralston, uh, people will say, oh, Tony, people will be screaming. Hopefully they are. Listening to the radio, screaming at the radio, Tony Ralston. I think Tony Ralston's probably been the most improved player this season mm-hmm. out of the whole league, the most improved player by yeah. far. But I still think James Tavernier's numbers are better. What he brings, assists and goals. And Tony's got, I think they both got four goals each. But the assists of James Tavernier, vital for Rangers. Left back, I went Stephen Kingsley. Mm-hmm. Again, people will be, you know, everyone at the club has a, a different opinion. And Juranovic, some people will be saying, it, and, and he can highly into my thoughts. But Calvin Bassey, but yeah, well, Calvin Bassey's played left centre half, so mm-hmm. and, and it seems to be he is a left centre half. It seems to be more settled mm-hmm. as a centre half. Juranovic has played left back, right back, right midfield, so he hasn't consistently mm-hmm. been a left back. So Stephen Kingsley has probably surprised me a little bit, but Hearts have done well defensively. He's got some goals, some good goals from free kicks. Seems to have settled in really well. They're trying to get him on an extended deal, so that tells you again what Robbie thinks. No, John Suter. No, I'm a two centre defender. I went for Cameron Carter Vickers. I just think he looks really assured. He's only 24 years of age. There's lots of room for improvement. I know Ange Postacoglu spoke recently about trying to get him. He said, we didn't bring him in just for loan. We brought him in with a loan to potentially go and buy him. So I think that would be a real strong move. And beside him, it may split opinion, Connor Goldson. I just really like him as a player. I know he's had made a few mistakes this season like everybody has. But you know, for me, he was ballsy with his comment after the, the League Cup semi-final defeat. Mm-hmm. He put his neck in the line. Yeah, he dug some people out and he may have pointed the fingers at other people, but it's worked. And it takes a brave, experienced defender to come out and do that. And his performances haven't deviated since. I think his performances have got better this season since that, Rob. Rangers have conceded one goal in seven domestic games. He's at the heart of that. He plays all the time. He's strong. He's robust. 
you know, if he makes an error, he brushes it off and gets on with it. So I wonder if he's going to stay. I wonder if he's going to extend well, his stay in Glasgow. Well, you just wonder if that transfer fee coming in from Nathan Patterson mm-hmm. may just help them find an extra few quid to try and throw his way. Yeah. Because if uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst had any doubts about him coming in and listened to his comments after that game, I'd have thought, oh, he's not the kind of guy I want him addressing him, maybe. I don't know. He might have thought, well, I maybe needed to move him on. But now that he's in work with him, he might think, he's vital to what I need to do. If it means just pushing the boat out a little bit more to get him, to try and appease both parties then I would imagine that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst would want to do that deal because I think the number of games he plays and his consistency are all very hard to replace Tavernier, Goldson, Carter Vickers and Kingsley in front of uh, Craig Gordon what a memory I've got and uh, the rest of the team coming later on the day that uh, Derek McInnes was installed as manager of Kilmarnock and on the day that Nathan Patterson made his big money move to Everton The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre Taxi Trade Exclusive savings No hidden fees Search for your new taxi today Let's go Tuesday the 4th of January the Go Radio Football Show with the tra- with the taxi centre even get my taxis and my traffics uh, mixed up Stephen Craig and Rob McLean here with you uh, till 6 o'clock it's a truncated version if I can use that word of the show at the moment we will be back to our uh, full 2 hours 120 minutes when the, the football resumes and that is Monday the 17th of January and we can't wait Celtic Hibs I think it is the game uh, that night to get us back underway uh, and let's hope we do get back underway and let's hope as well that uh, the restrictions on crowd uh, can be sorted crags as well because at the moment it's 500 um, and we'll just have to wait in the coming days to hear what the government are, are saying um, and whether or not that could be tweaked up the way and maybe it becomes a percentage yeah. which would be a better way to go, wouldn't it? I think that's the key. You know, that's all. Football clubs just want to be... Uh you know, listen to. They want to try and you know give their perspective across to the to the government. So let's hope that can happen. Certainly, you know, when you look at England at the minute, it's still playing in front of big crowds. Uh, I, I can imagine the data they're looking at and the data the Scottish government are looking at is the exact same. So a lot of people are wanting to know how come that's allowed to happen and up here in Scotland it's not allowed to happen. So even if there was a, a higher percentage of capacity of crowd or average crowd or whatever it may be, then. I think that would be acceptable to try and increase it then and be sensible about it. Ultimately, it has to be to be health and safety first and foremost. But let's hope when we start back on Monday the 17th with more than 500 people at each game. More to come on that uh, Derek McInnes to Kilmarnock story in a moment. But uh, Gaffer Craigan has picked mm. Craig Gordon in goals, uh, Tavernier, Goldson, Carter Vickers and Kingsley. He said uh, testing out the old memory banks again. <laughs> so six players to come. Craig's uh, firstly midfield, who have you got for the, the, be- the best of the season so far? I went for... Kamara, Aribo and Rogic. Mm-hmm. That's my trio. And I feel a little... No you know, Callum McGregor, you know, which it, surprises to me. To be honest, it could have went either or. You know, Callum McGregor or, or, or Glenn Kamara. I think they're both smashing players. Sometimes when you're picking a team, it just boils down to personal preference of what you like or what you see in a player or what you've liked about him. Uh, I just think possibly slightly better defensively maybe than what Callum McGregor is. Um, you know, both of them... I mean, I wouldn't, it's a toss of a coin, really. You know, both are smashing players. I just think the two ahead of them, Aribo and Rogic at some stages this season have been at a different level mm. you know their performance levels have been they're the two stick-ons aren't I, they I think they are I think Aribo has upped his game um, you know now showing the, the potential that Stephen Gerrard said he had when he brought him in Tom Rogic uh, is, is taking his game to a different level because he's got a manager who trusts him mm. he's got a manager who's picking him every week and saying go and play I'm not taking off after an hour even if you're having a quiet spell in a game you know Tom Rogic gets something up his sleeve 
Tom Ruggies can go to sleep for 10-15 minutes in the game and then burst in and make something happen. He's just such a clever player. When things are fast and furious around about him, I always think he's ice cool. Sometimes he just stands still. The ball always finds its way mm. to him. Good players always attract the ball. Tom Ruggies attracts the ball. So that's my midfield trail. Front three? Front three, uh, Jota. Mm-hmm. Uh, has been excellent prior to his injury Kyogo I think has had as big an impact on Scottish football in such a short space of time as I can remember Rob mm-hmm. you know for someone to come yeah. in and, and make people sit up and take notice of a you know such an influential player 16 goals already yeah but you know it's even more than that his movement the energy he brings to Celtic he initiates the press so he, I think he's their best defender from the front mm-hmm. and he's their best attacker when they have possession of the ball when he's not in the team Celtic for me are a completely different team so I'm no surprised he's went and signed uh, Maeda who, who's very very similar dead pacey I watched some of his goals this afternoon similar movement to Kyogo so that's certainly going to be a deadly duo uh, and Martin Boyle went for mm. I, saw, I saw a stat today that said it was. I think it was over 2021 I think he's over 20 goals yeah. for 2021 for a guy that you know sometimes plays right wing back yeah. for Hibs as well he's been amazing you know what I like about him even looking at Rangers and Celtic the one thing they probably lack is an out-and-out winger. I know Abad is 20 years of age, you know, so he's still got improvement to do. And when I'm talking Celtic, James Forrest has been injured, you know, in and out of the team. You know, so a more experienced winger with raw pace is something, you know, could he play for Celtic? Possibly. And Rangers will probably look for a right winger with pace. And you think, Martin Boyle ticks that box. So I think he is something that the old firm maybe could do with mm-hmm. on that that side. Plus, I think he's been Hibs' go-to man. And, you know, and the highlight of his year, probably his career up to now, would be that hat-trick in the mm. semi-final against Rangers really made people sit up and take notice but if you watch Martin Boyle often enough you you know you see continually he's Hibs' biggest threat so I think that team would win the league Rob Yeah I think if you stop Martin Boyle you stop Hibs it seems yeah. um, the way things are at the moment so you've got him on the right side of your attack you've got Jota on the left side and the noises uh, mm. seem to be intensifying again about Jota and this loan deal that Celtic would be desperate to turn into a permanent one six and a half million is the is the figure that's been quoted mm. I think the, the message today was that Benfica are, are sort of warming to the idea of, of Celtic uh, switching this deal from temporary to permanent and that would be some uh, transfer effectively to go through in January if they can pull it off. Because I would think what age is he? 22 years of age he's worth more than £6.5 million pounds when you're watching them playing. Mm-hmm. When you look at what other players are going for down in England and around Europe for a 22 year old who's doing well. So there's a a chance to further enhance his value if it's not already enhanced already. So financially, it makes an incredible sense for Celtic, but also as a player, how influential he is for Celtic, how influential he was before he got injured. Assists and goals and being creative and taking people on, energy, everything you wanted from a winger, he was delivering for Ange Postacoglu. So he seems to have found a place where he's happy. He's found a manager who's happy to put him in the team and the Celtic fans would be ecstatic. And you, you know, what a statement of intent that would mm. be at the start of 2022. We keep talking to Rangers looking to go and win the title. For Celtic going to win the title, you know, just that vibrancy amongst the supporters. When they're feeling good anyway, they've won the first trophy of the season. Um, they're signed three new players who are coming in. We'll all add something different. They'll hope to get Alexis David Turnbull and, and Jota back uh, after the break as well as Kyogo injury-free. So they're looking in a really good place. At 22 years of age, lots of room for improvement. Uh, he would be a, a, a real game changer for Celtic if they could bring him in on a permanent basis. That could be a big plus if that happens in the next few weeks. Jota, uh, a permanent Celtic player, maybe Cameron Carter-Vickers in Craig's mm. team of the season so far. Could he? Could that deal from Tottenham uh, be turned into a permanent one as well? It was a fairly scary 10 million figure floated initially, but I think that one's come down a bit 
Uh, now, and, and Craig's also mentioned there the uh, triple uh, Japanese signings of the last few days with Maeda and uh, Gucci. I think his house yeah. is Gucci. Uh, I think that's the way he seems to be uh, known. And Hatate as well, the, the three coming in. And there'll be the Celtic fans will be so excited uh, because clearly Ange Postacoglu knows the market and, and they also look at what you've spoken about already and that is the incredible impact made by Kyogo. Yeah, well, he's raised the bar for the three of them. You know, <laughs> no they, pressure. They, they, they were probably wishing that Kyogo hadn't had as big a, mm. an impact. But, you know, having watched again, you watch clips and it's easy to watch clips and make judgment on people. I think a lot of us will reserve judgment to seeing them. But Ange Postacoglu knows how he wants to play he knows the intensity and the pace and the dynamism he wants in his team and having watched clips of those three players they've all got that they've all got dynamism they've got energy you know Maeda is quicker than Kyogo you know from what I've watched so far uh, he wants to press from the front he can play as a centre forward he can play off the left uh, very similar to Kyogo he gets lots of space in the box he seems to find space in the box he's good with good with his head good with his left foot uh, Hatati probably a left back you know, could, could certainly bring cover in that area. Uh, Gucci in midfield, you know, very similar. Not similar to David Turnbull and, and Rogic, but likes to have shots from the edge of the box, likes to get himself involved in play. So, you know, you have to trust the manager's judgment. And if Kyogo was anything to go by, then these three players are going to excite the Celtic fans. They certainly get plenty of love from Celtic. That's the one thing that, you know, Kyogo has got from the Celtic fans. If you go out and deliver and show appetite and energy and be explosive in games and give everything. I mean, Craig Moore sat a couple of weeks ago and he said that uh, Postacoglu likes the work rate and the energy and the hunger of the Japanese players that he witnessed when he was out there. So it completely makes sense. And financially, Rob, it's not a big outlay. No. When you look at the money they're mm. spending on some of these players, it's, you know, I don't know what their wages are, but certainly transfer fees aren't anything that you're opening your eyes and thinking, really? You know, some of them, I think certainly Maeda's been uh, in Europe and... Uh, Idaguchi as well. Was it Leeds? One of them was at Leeds. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was Idaguchi. It was Idaguchi. I think Maeda was was in Portugal. Mm. So you talk about different culture. Well, they've been away and they've come back. So they know what it's like to come back. And they're a little bit older. And they're a good age again. You're a good age for improvement. Mm. You know, I think. 24, uh, 25, I think. Maeda 24, Gucci 25, and Hatati 24. So yet again, do that right age where you can improve them as players and you can improve their value where they could possibly go on. So it makes business sense all around for Celtic. The other interesting uh, Celtic tidbit at the moment uh, in terms of rumour machine uh, is that Lee Griffiths could be heading back to Celtic. There seems to be uh, a suggestion that Dundee might trigger a clause in the loan contract, uh, which means that uh, he would return to Celtic and you'd imagine go out on loan somewhere else. But that's uh, in the rumour category at the moment. One story that is confirmed uh, today and we brought it to you right at the top of the show was Derek McInnes for Kilmarnock he's the new manager he's there till the summer of 2023 that's the length of the initial contract he starts work immediately Tony Doherty alongside him um, and as Craig said uh, he kicks off with a match this weekend against uh, Queen of the South he won promotion when he was manager of St Johnston going back a fair bit he had the best part of eight years at Aberdeen and set the bar really high there in terms of uh, third, fourth place finishes second place uh, at one point as well constant qualification for European football so he brings that sort of uh, track record to Kilmarnock Billy Bowie uh 
at Kilmarnock who uh, got the deal done said Derek is one of the most highly respected managers in Scottish football we're thrilled that he's agreed to join Kilmarnock from our discussions it was clearly shared our determination and ambition to bring success to the club and we look forward to working with him uh, to achieve our goals for the season and beyond Derek himself said I'm delighted to be here well aware of the potential of the club having played and managed against Kilmarnock over the years I remember the, the Tommy Burns era and more recently Stevie Clark bringing great success and consistency I know the backing from the fans can make this club special so uh, for me it's a great opportunity Uh, coaches Paul Stevenson and Alan Mabry have left uh, Kilmarnock details of the backroom staff still to be announced but uh, I think Tony Doherty is uh, a certainty and uh, he gets down to work immediately in a really competitive Crags Mm. top end of the championship yeah Derek will know it. I think did he won promotion with St Johnston? Yeah, I just mentioned that. Oh, sorry, yeah, did you? Yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I was sorry. I was thinking. I was looking at my notes. Uh, you know, so he's been there before, Rob. And, mm. and what I like is, you know, he wasn't letting his ego stand in the way to say, no, no, I'm not a championship manager. He thought, no, I'm back myself. I trust myself. I'm going to go and do a job and get come on back into the league. So I think you know, credit to Derek. It would have been easy to sit and wait and wait and wait. But he thought, no, no, that's an opportunity for me where I can go and make a difference. So well done him. Uh, one other uh, story, uh, Hibbs confirming their interest in Ewan Henderson. Um, Harry Clark, we mentioned that one earlier on. Harry Clark, who was at Ross County, looks like being at Hibbs as well. So there, there are obviously moves being made at the moment by Sean Maloney to, to change things at mm-hmm. Hibbs, maybe get players uh, more in the style. He's after rumours that Alex Gogic could be on the way out there uh, as well. Uh, and St Johnston uh, have signed Tony Gallagher, uh, who I think is 22, yeah. a defender, um, and he's come from Liverpool. So that's going to be an interesting one. And, and Callum Davidson has to make the moves in the next few weeks that are going to turn things around for the Perth team. Yeah, and, you know, Tony Gallagher's one that, you know, if, if you can attract someone from Liverpool, then, you know, fair credit to him. When you mentioned Kyle Lafferty earlier, that was the first club that jumped out at me with yeah. St. Johnson. The fact they've scored 11 goals in 20 games and the league tells you they need improvement. So is it worth to go and throw... Something like Kyle Lafferty for six months. Tommy Tommy Wright done it. Okay, they get relegated, but he got 13 goals for the club. So if Callum Davidson could add a striker, they would get him 13 goals between now and the end of the season. It would give them a much better chance of staying up. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if Kyle Lafferty's agent or even Callum Davidson is thinking, that's the player we need to get in. They lack goals all over the pitch. So uh, yes, bring in defenders, but they need a little bit of inspiration up front. Craig's Happy New Year and uh, thanks for the last hour um, and on the day that uh, Nathan Patterson completed his move from Rangers to Everton and as we've been saying in the last few minutes Derek McInnes is the new manager of Kilmarnock I'll be back with uh, Craig Moore on Thursday Paul will be back uh, tomorrow uh, with Davy Proven live at five The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre online on the phone or at the dealership in Darnley, Glasgow Let's go Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK with taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.